Hello, everyone. It is a jam-packed episode of Locked on Canadians. It is Friday, so that means the Friday mailbag. We're re-answering listener questions. But before that, we've got two games this weekend against the Seattle Kraken and the Philadelphia Flyers. So we're going to preview those for you first. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 570 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day wherever you get your podcast, or if you're watching here on youtube.com, make sure you subscribe. If we hit 500 subscribers, we will do something. I don't, I don't know what that something is yet, but it I might... thought it was my food stunt. <laughs> is it? Well, here's the thing is I can't taste much of anything right now. So like it's a real big opportunity for me to do something stupid for internet clout. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I do have to do a food stunt cause I promised one. So maybe we'll do one together. And I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Mallon. and I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba, who is no longer deterring me from doing dumb things, but is, like, supportive of them, which I don't know where this road leads, but I, it might end with, like, a 12-pound pancake or something in the future, I think. <laughs> I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yes, I'm participating now, which is, uh, I think it's, like, the height of, of, of peer, not, not even peer pressure. It's, like, instead of me uh dragging scott to the respectable and, and and boring side i have decided that i'm going to become more interesting and therefore do ill-advised things and make bad decisions these are your locked on canadians hosts we promise we have a hockey podcast um, and we are <laughs> going to be talking about the haves but right now you're learning a whole lot about us well before we dive into uh, our first segment here i want to ask our listeners out there since we were talking about food between Laura and myself, how many pancakes do you think we could eat in one sitting before we would have to call an ambulance? Uh, let us know on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Um, the Cabs have two games this weekend. Uh, they just obviously lost in Vancouver at but o'clock in the morning in a game that we talked about on our Thursday episode, which we were okay with. But this weekend is a very big bounce back weekend for them. They played the Seattle Kraken on Saturday, the first time that uh, the Kraken visit the Bell Center. And they play the Philadelphia Flyers, not Friars. I still have pancakes on the mind, apparently, on Sunday evening as well. Uh, and after that game, by the way, we will both be on locked or, uh, game over this weekend. You're on after the Kraken game, and I'm on after the Flyers game. It's the perfect weekend for Martin St. Louis to kind of get his team back in order after a tough loss to the Canucks. And honestly, the Flyers are a bit of a mess, but they still have a formidable or should be formidable looking team. And then the Kraken are, are a strange team in that they give people trouble and then they fall off or they just never show up at all. I, I'm very intrigued to see how the Habs look in this game because they played the Kraken in the midst of the Dominique Ducharme mess of mud. So I'm I'm really intrigued to see what Martin St. Louis does to, to go after a team that is, and I say this with all due respect to our Kraken co-hosts and our friends who have who live out in Seattle, it's a game the Canadians should definitely win, I think. And not and having a performance like they did against the Canucks against the Kraken, it raises it would raise a couple of red flags, at least in my eyes, anyways. Personally, for me, the Kraken have been pretty surprising this season. I think, you know, back when they did the expansion draft, we were all surprised. We're like, what is this decision-making process? Because it didn't seem bad enough to tank. 
but they didn't seem good enough to like, you know, try and go for it and try and build like uh, some momentum in the playoffs or anything like that. Turns out they're actually pretty bad and they have a, an almost locked chance at a lottery pick, right? At a, at, at a top three or maybe top five, you know, uh, pick. So I think it, they turned out to be smarter than we thought uh, because it's a really great way if you've got a couple of d- deep drafts to try and not be good, to look like you're trying in order to get fans to come in, but also knowingly not be trying in order to be bad enough to get a high pick. I think they're, you know, the Canadians are kind of in competition with them uh, for for a lottery pick. And I think there's a lot of good players available. If you missed our episode with Tony Ferrari, uh, go back and check it out. It's from two Mondays ago. And he's awesome. And we talked about some players. We're going to bring him back on. We're going to talk like really in depth about these players that are in the top five. And I think the Kraken, uh, you know, they look to me like competition for the Canadians. So this is a game that both teams would want to lose. That's that's the way that I see it is you want to both teams want to lose this game. And, it, and it's not just the Kraken. Like, the Flyers have had multiple 10-game losing streaks and plummeted out of the playoffs. So this weekend, the Canadians who are sitting 32nd with 37 points, uh, one point behind Arizona, who are currently, at the time of this recording, up 2 nothing on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then 30th <laughs> is the Seattle Kraken with 39 points uh, in two more games played. So the Habs have two games in hand on Seattle. And then Philadelphia sits in 27th with 46 points. They have uh, a game in hand on the Canadians. It's it's a good weekend for uh, Martin St. Louis here to kind of, uh, you know what, try new things here. It's a chance to kind of give some other people a shot here. It's a chance to get Michael Pozzetta game time again, run Matthew Perot out there. If Druin and Dvorak are back, it's a chance. It's a good It's a good time for them there. To, uh, to get to try new things. You're at a point in the season where the trade deadline's coming up. People know who Ben Sherrod is. People know who Arturi Lekkanen is. People know who Brett Kulak is. Give some other people a chance here and maybe rest some of these guys who might be a little beat up. Like, And also, I'm now realizing this, depending on Jake Allen's status, it'll likely be another start for Caden Primo. And Caden Primo's last real good NHL game came in a shootout win against the Flyers back in... Dear God, December? I, I think like it's been a long time. A long time. It, it's a very good bounce back trial weekend for the Montreal Canadiens and Martin St. Louis and a lot of players. I think Montembeau will probably start Saturday night and then Caden Primo will get the Sunday evening uh, evening game against the Flyers, which him being a Primo playing against the Flyers, it all, it all makes sense. So I, I'm not making predictions because I, I used up my one this year on a Sabres game, which counts as like 12 games for this podcast at this point. So I, I just think I do – I'm expecting a nice turnaround this weekend. I mean, they beat the Oilers and the Flames pretty easily uh, last week. I don't see why they can't do at least something similar to the Flyers and Kraken. Yeah, I think this is this is one of those things where – Anything less than a bounce back effort is going to be disappointing and they might not win the game. You know, there's always luck involved goaltender standing on his head, you know, Montreal goaltender not being able to do all that well. But if overall their play uh, is is better, is dominant, 
I'm going to be happy because against the Canucks, it was like the Canucks were far and away the more dominant team. Like this is this is the kind of play that we have not seen since before the coaching change. So I really want to see improvement on that front. So the final score doesn't matter to me as much as the in-game uh, demeanor, the way they play in the neutral zone, the way they defend. You know, if their special teams give us anything to be excited about, you know, if we're looking at expected goals, are the Canadians in the positive in that? Are they are they doing better than the opponents? And yes, it's a back-to-back, obviously, but at the same time, you want to see effort. And you want to see that they, instead of unraveling after a bad game, which is what teams that don't really have any energy or uh, the mental sort of fortitude, that's what they do. I want to see mental fortitude. So again, end result doesn't matter. It's the effort and the on-ice play that matters to me. That's what I want to see. And we will obviously have your recaps on that for Monday show, along with three up and three down. And also on Monday, Laura will be on Dylan Waugh's podcast as well. We are very busy here at Lockdown Canadians, and we are also (laughs) bringing you all your content. But guess what, folks? This show also runs on a Built Bar. Built Bar is by far one of our favorite products that we have on this show. And if you need something in the morning to help jumpstart that, if you can't have a normal breakfast, if you just need something to have a pick-me-up at work, or you want something after the gym, Built Bar is there for you. They are low-calorie, high-protein, low in sugar, low in carbs, everything you want from your protein bar with the added benefit of tasting like a candy bar. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if that doesn't sound appealing, you should try out Built Puffs. They are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow, and you can get them in flavors like churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. There is something for everyone in that. I highly recommend checking it out. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to check out, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Check it out. Built Bar's always adding new flavors, new things, new products. Keep it on, keep your eyes peeled there, and that's LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off. So it is Friday, and as always, we want to thank you for making us your first list of the day. When you're done here, check out the Lockdown Now, where you get all the news from all of our local hockey experts every single day in an easy-to-digest show here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Friday Mailbag, though. This is where we get to have fun, cut loose, be a little bit more insane than usual. And if you want to send us questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. That's all we ask. It's a very low bar. It's literally the floor. Or email at <laughs> lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Laura, what do we have in the bag of mail this week? So I saved all the questions on my phone. So for those of you who have issues with that, on Fridays, I look at the phone because that's where I save the questions. <laughs> how dare um, again, you? How dare you? How dare you? I? How, how dare I not want to make clicking noises on a podcast? Uh, so the first question, and also I'm just going to say this as we're talking about it. If you're a jerk in the YouTube comments, we are going to block you. That's it. You can't talk to us if you're going to be a jerk. If you want to argue with our, our opinions, please go ahead. We love differences, but don't be a jerk about them. If you have different ideas, if you want to suggest content, if you want us to tackle a topic, if you want us to invite a guest, we will try our best to accommodate that because we love our listeners. What we don't like is people being jerks to us or telling us how to be. You can you can ask us what to talk about, but don't tell us how to be. And it's we have a zero tolerance policy on that. We'll block you on the email. We'll block you on the Twitter. We'll block you on the YouTube. Um, all right. So speaking of the opposite of jerks, Beth from the Happy Hour, who's one of our favorite people, and happy anniversary to the Happy Hour podcast as well. They've been around for, I think they said four years now, uh, which is a long, long time in Hab's podcasting land. Beth wants to know, 
What is a stat about hockey players that isn't tracked, but you wish was? Does not have to be directly hockey related. So my, my thought with this, and this is something that some uh, fancy stats people tried to do in the past, is hits leading to a turnover. Um, we, we, we talk about hits, and the main use for a hit is to separate someone from the puck. But there are times that, you know, that doesn't happen. And I want to, I would love to know, because we hear about Alexander Romanov all the time, that he's one of the league leaders in hits and he's doing this and that. How many of his hits in terms of like a percentage, like if he throws 10 hits and seven of them lead to the Cavs taking possession of the puck afterwards, his hit to whatever ratio is 70%. I'd love to see something like that track. If it is, please let me know because I have articles I need to write about that. <laughs> but I think that'd be something really interesting to learn about is that how often are, is someone hitting just a hit? And how often is someone hitting to actually separate someone from the puck and create opportunities for their team? Right. I think that's a great idea. Cause I was going to say something like, I want to know like how many players, like, like the nap length and like how long before the game they do the nap. <laughs> no, I truly do want to see like how like the same day sleep affects the game that night. Um, that's definitely something that I'm sure is not tracked. I'm sure player hydration is tracked. Cause I know they weigh the players before and after and all of that. And, but I want to, I want to know like how effective is a nap, but Scott, the reason that I love your idea is because people always think that throwing hits is important to win hockey games but at the end of the day if you're throwing more hits it means you have the puck less of the time but i also do believe that hits are effective when you actually are separating the player from the puck i love a good clean hit i love taking the player away from an opponent opponent especially if it's a player whose face annoys me i love that you know i love that kind of battling in hockey so i want to see you know, because there, I'm sure there are players that are really, really, really good at it. And then you can kind of improve that. You can improve that in the players who aren't. Like, instead of somebody just going around willy-nilly hitting people just, just for the, the sake of it. And, I mean, I'm sure the fans love that. Like, put a little strategy into it. Don't just throw the body. Throw the body and, in, like, incorporate skills. So I love that. I'm going to go to our next question, though, because we could talk about this forever. Um, Maurice asks us, what will the Habs defense look like at the start of next season? Ooh, well, that, that's a, that's a fun one because I can give you two names that I think will be here. Uh, Alexander Romanov and David Savard, uh, unless someone buys, uh, wants to buy up Savard's contract. Uh, oh, and Joel Edmondson, which I keep forgetting yes. because he hasn't played this year. Um, but he's got that one year left on that contract. So yeah. Um, one or two. Two was he a four-year or a three-year deal? Was he four and a half million a year or three and a half million a year? I want to say it was a four-year deal. Uh, I'm checking cap friendly as we speak. Uh, you can continue talking about what the what the defense uh, is going to look like. Do you think Norlander will be here? I, I think they're going to give him every chance to make this team again, and I think another year in Sweden will help. But he's had a lot of injuries since he's gotten back there, which none of which are under his control. Um, so I do anticipate there being Edmondson, Savard, and Romanov at the bare minimum. I think Jeff Petrie might be an off-season move depending on the progress this organization makes. Uh, ben Sherrod is gone. I think Brett Kulak is likely gone. I, I'm very curious to see what they do with uh, someone like Sammy Niku as well. He's playing very well in Laval, but there might not be an NHL spot. But he's someone I think they could bring back pretty cheaply if they wanted to. And I think Corey Schooneman 
will be given every chance to earn the third pairing spot for himself as well. Uh, so Joel Edmondson will be here for two years unless he gets traded. He was a pleasant surprise. Obviously, we liked him. Uh, I do think the defense misses him. He's a, he's the kind of player that I really, really do enjoy. And paired with the right people, he's really effective. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that he's going to be around for two years. But also, it's entirely possible that the Canadians sell him off at some point um, because they're in a rebuild, retool, re-something, restructuring. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the word is. But uh, I think that's a, that's a decent... Uh, that's a decent idea of what it's going to look like. I, I, in my heart, I feel like they're going to go for like John Kling, Klingberg or something, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like maybe it's just because we're, we've been hearing so many rumors about uh, them going for a UFA. Our friend Randy Hansen asks, if you had the chance to create an alternate logo for Montreal, what Montreal thing would you want it to be? Uh, Mont-Royal, Poutine, a traffic cone or jazz notes? I was going to say a pothole, but... Um, <laughs> a traffic cone makes sense. I, I, a traffic cone does make sense. Um, I think a shoulder patch of, like, Mont Royal um, in the background with, like, something in the front of it I think would look really nice on the jersey. It's, like, their alternate. Um, if the Habs ever wore a poutine jersey, though, the they would sell out so insanely quickly. And now I I feel like they want... should do a charity version. Even if it's just for warm-ups, have like a poutine day or something where like all the poutinery, poutinery, poutinery. I, I'm, I'm going to call it a poutinery. I don't know if that's actually the word or not, yeah. but I'm going to go it, with that. Yeah. And then just have that day, have one of the matinee games where you have the kids there and everything like that. And just let people in, you sample your poutines. You have the special poutine warm-up jerseys written in fries with like gravy and curds and whatnot. The jersey number can be a curd on the back, like one big curd. With great on it. The front can be, you know, fries where it says Habs like out of front. Something ridiculous, but um, I I do love the uh, the idea of a traffic cone as well. That's actually what we used to use when I played NHL online. Was uh, we we put traffic cones on our jerseys because we thought it was hilarious. Well, I mean, I as somebody who lives in Montreal, I think a traffic cone is more emblematic of Montreal than any of these other really good things. I mean, poutine is great. Jazz notes are great. Um, you know, there's tons of vice related things that could be incorporated or culture related things that could be incorporated that are really cool. But I think traffic cone, like literally when I think Montreal, I think traffic cone. In fact, when I, when I go to a city with lots of traffic cones, it reminds me of home. Uh, do we have time for one more question or are we going to skip ahead? Um, we'll skip ahead to the next segment because I know we have a long one there too. So I want to make sure we able to get everything in. Uh, we're going to get to the last part of the mailbag coming up in one second. But first, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your sort of continued source for all your sports wagering information needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so we are back with the final segment of our Friday mailbag. Remember, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, in the YouTube comments, or LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Laura, what else is in the mailbag this week? 
So we've got quite a few questions, so we're going to run through them really quickly. Randy Hansen, with the lack of contract slots available to Montreal right now, do you think that players for picks or slash unsigned players is all we will see from Montreal this deadline? There are 13 contracted players who are UFA at the season's end in both the NHL and the AHL. So I do think it's worth it for the Canadians to try and get rid of those, like get yeah, value and- for them. Yeah, and I look at their roster right now. It says they're at 47 to 50 contracts on cap friendly. We know Ben Sherratt's likely going. We know that there's going to be a lot of thing, guys here that are likely going. Um, I'm not too worried about the contracts because they've left themselves some space to play around with. And there's some names that are on IR right now that are coming back that might get moved out as well. So it's uh, I'm not too concerned by it, but I do think that we might see a lot of futures in this prospects that aren't signed right now um draft picks and everything like that we've heard jack mcbain's name talked tossed around a lot from minnesota uh in a trade but i i do think that's actually not a half bad idea randy has another question how confident are you that ryan paling remains a hab into next season he doesn't seem to be a core player going forward so far He's a very weird spot in that I I wouldn't be shocked if he's part of a package for someone, but I also don't see them giving him up for no reason. He's been a pretty stable presence here in the NHL since he got called up when I believe Paquette and everybody else got hurt. And I think they want to give him a chance to see what he can do. And I think he's a perfectly cromulent bottom six center right now. There's nothing wrong with that. His ceiling was never exponentially high like a Philip Deneau or if he can become something like that it takes a little time given his game I think he's got the skill set and the mind to make something like that work I think he's going to be here in the next year I'd be shocked if he's just let go entirely Um, and if he's going to go anywhere it's going to be to bring back something even bigger to the Canadians organization I see him being traded as a piece in, in a bigger trade I just, I find with Ryan Paling is that it's like Randy said, he doesn't seem to be a core player for the Habs. Like if I'm sitting there and I'm like, do I necessarily need Ryan Paling? The answer is no. I do think he's done a really good job this season. He's one of those players, like you said last night in our, in our previous episode, he's very quiet. He does good things quietly. You don't get a lot of, um, you know, you don't get a lot of noise, but he, he, he does good things. I just feel like he's one of those players where it's not like an archery Lekkonen where you're never going to find another guy like that. So, or you're not going to find another guy like that with the, with the, where, with where the Canadians could draft with a pick that you're getting back for him. Uh, so I'm going to move on real quick. Uh, our friend Sarah Avampato of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. I was in the process of looking up shorthanded goal information for the AHL because the rain have four. And I learned that Laval has 12. Please explain. I I wish I could because I don't <laughs> I didn't know they had that many until they played Rochester and uh, Brandon Giniak scored his third of the year. I think part of it comes from that the Rocket tend to press very heavily to the point and force errors on a lot of guys. And on the team, Brandon Giniak has three shorthanded goals. Rafael Harvey Pinard has three shorthanded goals. Gabriel Bork has three shorthanded goals, and Lucas Vedemo has two. They capitalize on mistakes at the blue line. They are pressing high, and then if someone makes an errant pass, they pick that off. You've got guys caught flat-footed, and then it's an odd man rush. It's a breakaway the other way, and they've been finishing those chances pretty well. It's 
it, it kind of reminds me of the Canadians last year when their penalty their penalty kick was outscoring their power play for a period <laughs> of time and just the strangest thing ever. Um, I didn't realize that they were that that they led the AHL though. I knew that they were proficient in getting shorthanded goals, but I didn't know they had twelve on the season. It, it's sometimes it's just one of those things. Um, but I it's I think that's because they just play a real high pressure at the point kind of situation. So I, it feels to me, and I'm just going to say this real quick before we move on to our next question. It seems to me that the AHL is a prime league for errant passes. That's every time I watch it, I'm just like, whoa, these things get really crisp when they move up to the NHL, but it's so raw in the AHL sometimes that I feel like it's a really great, great place to take advantage of errant passes. All right. Our good friend and supporter of both of us, uh, Habit Herway wants us to talk about Habs players as Pixar characters. So I gave you this question in advance, Scott, so you could have some time to prepare. Well, I did my best, and then I put my notes somewhere, and I think I accidentally threw them out with my COVID test, which was not great. Um, my, my first thought is I'm trying to figure who I think Brendan Gallagher would be, and Brendan Gallagher has always been Ham from Toy Story in that, like... <laughs> He, he, he's, he's always been one of the main toys, but not the main toy, if that kind of makes sense. You know, you have Nick Suzuki, who is Buzz Lightyear, who is the shiny new toy who does all these things. And then you have, you know, someone like, you know, old reliable, a Jeff Petrie as like Woody in this or something like that. And Brendan Gallagher to me has always been ham because that's also his entire personality. So, um, I also have not seen a lot of the more recent Pixar movies, so my knowledge has a stopping point on this. Uh, my biggest thought is I'm trying to figure out who Cole Caulfield would be in this. Nemo. He's going to touch the butt. <laughs> and by that, I mean the Calder Trophy. So um, before anyone takes that Nemo. out of He's good for anyone takes that out of context there. Um, All right. Real quick, who's the rat from Ratatouille? Pulls all the strings, does everything behind the scenes. Hmm. I mean, really, because Nick Suzuki's a magician, that would actually fit him pretty well, too. So I, I'm actually going to change that. I like the idea of Remy from Ratatouille being Nick Suzuki because he makes he makes everything run and everything go. And I think that's a uh, I think that's a very a, a good one. Um, who would Arturi Lekkinen be? I almost said Mike Wazowski. I'm like, that's not right. No. Um, mm. Mm. Wow, there are so many movies I didn't even realize were Pixar movies. Sorry yeah. uh, for, <laughs> for like going off this train. Um, interesting. Ooh, Monsters, Inc. is a Pixar movie. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's one of my favorites. It, uh, let's see. I'm actually going through everything. I didn't realize The Incredibles was... Oh, my God. There's so many movies. Oh, man. Yes. All oh. right. We're going to leave it up to the readers because we are running out of time and we have two questions from our nemesis to go get to. Oh, do we have um, to? So you tell us. Yes, we have to. Fine. Um, so you tell us uh, what you think Habs players as Pixar 
I know there are some people who, who like other teams that listen to Locked On Canadians, so please feel free to tell us as well. Uh, Pixar characters that suit your team's players, and you can do that on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com, and you can also leave them in the comments. So our last two questions. For those of you who are new to the show, we have an official nemesis, and he tries to stump us with difficult questions. This one was a pretty good one, actually. It was a really interesting question. Question one, if your life depended on you winning a medal at the next Winter Olympics, which sport would give you the best chance at survival? Well, for you, I would just say hockey because, like, you don't have to play and, like, the Canadian women's and men's teams are both, like, incredible. So, like, that just guarantees success, I feel like. (laughs) I would get to be teammates with Marie-Philippe. I actually was going to say ski jumping uh, because the the sports that I would want to try that I think are really cool are the snowboard cross and the ski cross. Uh, Those seem so freaking amazing, but they seem so dangerous. I've tried snowboarding once. I grievously injured myself and have never tried it again, but uh, they look really cool. uh, And I could never do figure skating or ice skating because you want to land, you know, you're landing on a knife. Uh, That's terrifying to me, but uh, hockey works. But I think ski jumping, it's very, it's very focused and it seems like more mental than physical. And I, I feel like I would excel at that. What about you, Scott? I want to say bobsleigh. Bobsled? <gasps> bobsleigh. I, I, Bob, think it, I, I, I think it would have to be something <laughs> on one of the tracks. Like, because I, I think Will would anticipate me saying something like biathlon or cross-country skiing, which require cardio that I just do not have at this point in my life. And my first thought is, okay, bobsled. I, if you get a good start and just get really good at doing starts, you're, you're kind of on the way there. He just said a medal. He didn't say it had to be a gold medal. So uh, I think I'm going to yeah, go it, with Yeah, it just said sled. a medal. I think I'm going to go with bobsled. four-man bobsled. That's terrifying to me. Like, oh, my God, I can't even think about it. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I'm not a big roller coaster fan either. Uh, all right, last question from our nemesis. We are almost coming in under time. What would be the worst way to find out an ex was thriving at life since the breakup? Mine's really good. I, I want to say like, you're just having one of those like crummy days and like you walk into like a bar and like on the bar is like a magazine with your ex on it. Cause they've won like some multinational award or whatever. And like, you're in some dingy dive bar in Western New York. Like not that I'm speaking, I'm actually legitimately not speaking from experience. I swear <laughs> to God. Before I was going to say it's really specific. Mine is waking up at the ass crack of dawn to uh, listen to the Oscar nominations and hearing my ex's name called as a writer of a movie because uh, ultimately producing my own film or writing my own film or also doing like all three producing, directing and writing my own own film, like being a filmmaker uh, has always been one of those pipe dreams that I've always had in my mind. So having them like reach the pinnacle of accepted or societal idea of success in that uh, would kill me. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. We are both uh, very afraid of certain things happening in our lives. If you want to send us mailbag questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter or LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. You can watch our videos right here on YouTube at Lockdown Canadians. You can send us – I already said emails. When you're done making us your first listen of the day, please check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. 
where our hosts are going to help you dominate your fantasy hockey league. And much like our show, it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.